0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. You should know that one of the things they tell you in seminary is not to preach on all three passages from the lectionary. That if you do that, that uh, you're going to bite off more than you can chew, and people will be bored at best and confused at worst. So on Transfiguration Sunday, I thought that we would do that. I thought that's a good idea. (laughs) Um, Actually, I just really love all three passages, and they're speaking to me today. I will, however, try to make things really easy by putting them in three quick bullet points. So we're not going to do, like, a whole huge thing. Um, So, here we go. Exodus. Exodus is all about the price that one pays for going face-to-face with God. And that price is the willingness to be absolutely terrified. It says, Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain. So this was not sunshine and rainbows or Jesus singing Kumbaya to meet Moses. This was terrifying. Second Peter is a diamond in the rough of the New Testament and it's telling us that mysticism is real and valid and essential. And I'm defining mysticism here as direct communion with God. Direct communion with God. This is not just for the contemplatives or the hippies, or the women with cats. I include myself in that last one, so it's not derogatory, right? The scripture says, first of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoken from God. As children of God, we know truth. we have access to this truth because the, the Holy Spirit communes with us directly, and if we pay attention, we will experience it. The letter goes on to say this: we did not follow cleverly devised myths, made note when we miss when we made known to you the power of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty so in other words people must have been pretty skeptical about the disciples accounts of the holy spirit in action i imagine they they wanted something a little bit more concrete but the disciples are saying to them what we have said to you is not just made up but witnessed The disciples experienced God firsthand, and so that information is to be trusted. And then finally, the gospel for today is the Transfiguration. And we often call today Transfiguration Sunday, but I like to call it what it really is, which is Mysticism Sunday. Because today is all about a mystical experience that James and Peter and John had. They came face to face with God outside of God's human form. Yes, they had been walking with Jesus this whole time, but it does not say that they were struck until they heard God's voice. So it wasn't Jesus standing there with ghosts that struck them, which I always find kind of funny. It wasn't until God spoke from the clouds and said, This is my son. Listen to him. and I quote they fell to the ground and were overcome with fear so what is the common thread in the three gospels or the three teachings <clears throat> i think it's that having a direct experience with god is terrifying and because it's terrifying we mistrust it and we put it in the category of myth or mysticism something that's not to be quite trusted, not as trusted as, say, scripture or reason. And yet God is clear when he says in today's gospel, listen, get up, don't be afraid. Today, on Transfiguration Sunday, we are supposed to allow Jesus to stand before us and be unrecognizable. We are told it will be scary, but it is both necessary and worth it. I'm a school chaplain. That's what I do during the week. And last week, I had my seventh grade girls describe how they imagine God. And they were then supposed to find a scripture verse that could line up with their image of God. And at the end of the exercise, I asked them, was that hard? And a lot of them said, yes, that... They either couldn't find scripture that matched their image of God, or they didn't know where to look in scripture. And I came away from that class thinking about how the Bible shapes our image of God. For many of the girls in my class, and in fact for myself, the Bible was not responsible for imaging God for me, for us. The Bible taught me where I came from, and to whom I belong, but it's not solely responsible for my introduction to Jesus. And it makes sense actually, because if my closest friends were to write a letter to you explaining me, and then you met me, it would probably feel different, right? And if my boss were to, to describe you to me and my mom were to describe you, <laughs> describe me to you, it would be very different. And then if you met me, that would still be different, right? That's the way life is, because meeting someone face-to-face always feels different than a description. And the description's not wrong, it's just not the same. Meeting someone face-to-face is intimate. And so these thoughts have made me start wondering, how did I meet God in the first place? And I thought, well, I was baptized, and I attended church, but those didn't really bring up memories of knowing God. And I became a Young Life leader in college, and I was a camp director, but those didn't really seem right either, because I had known God much earlier than that. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it until last month, or a couple months ago, I was eating lunch with my mom, and I was telling her about my current state of life I had uh, had two sick kids. They're four and two, and they are sick, which meant they weren't sleeping. So I wasn't sleeping. And when you don't sleep, you get depressed. So I was super depressed, and I had taken a really big hit of self confidence at work. So I was just in this really dark place. And I finished talking to my mom, and she said, Oh, you have an angel kiss on your nose. They must be surrounding you now. And I immediately knew what she meant she meant that there was a piece of glitter on my nose. Because growing up, glitter on your nose meant that the angels had kissed you. And if you found a feather, that meant that the angel Michael was paying attention to you. right? The wind was God rushing in to be with us, not being able to stand the separation any longer. And the list goes on. My mom simply, but constantly, brought to life God's presence in my life. I met God by paying attention to everything around me. Because there's nothing that exists that does not have God moving through it. And because of my mother, I was trained to look for it. And since I met God face to face before I ever really started studying the Bible, the Bible made a lot of sense. Jesus standing on a mountaintop shining like a vampire in twilight didn't seem so weird, right? Jesus eating with the poor and the despicable didn't seem so far off because my mom had always said, when you look in the face of the homeless, you might be looking at the face of Jesus, right? Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead did not seem so implausible because God constantly broke the barriers of time and space to reach out to me. So perhaps then the key to Christian formation is not just Bible study or doctrine or intellectual reasoning, but the willingness of the believers to make the introduction. the willingness of the believers to make the introduction to the God that they know. Remember, that is how the disciples did it for the first 60 years after Jesus's death. They didn't have scripture yet or doctrine. They simply had the Holy Spirit and the willingness to speak truth as revealed to them. And so I think today It's all about reminding us that even though it can be scary or uncomfortable, our connection to God is real. And it's a gift to anyone when we share it. At the end of today's gospel, Jesus tells them not to share it until after he has been raised from the dead, meaning definitely share it, but just wait till after I've conquered death. It'll make more sense. So for us, the time is now. Share what you know, that deep knowing that comes from the breath of God running in and out of your body. Share what you know from being sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Share what you know from being so bodily connected to God through drinking His blood and eating His body. Share what you know from getting goosebumps and the hair standing up on the back of your neck because the Holy Spirit has told you something. Friends, sometimes we get content with just passing down the same story to each other. But the truth is that the church is enlivened when we share what has been revealed to us. Amen.